Brilliance Audio presents The Love Letters by Madeline Lengel. Performed by Susan Erickson. It was an old moon, late in rising and lopsided, shining wetly through the gathering clouds. Its cold light barely touched Charlotte Napier, sitting hunched into her fur coat on a marble bench. The surrounding pattern of mosaic on the plaza by the Convento de Nossa Senora de Conceição was lost in shadow. It was three o'clock in the morning in this unknown town of Beja, Portugal. Cold, raw, the dead of winter. In New York, so variable a thing is time, it would be barely bedtime, and Patrick, her husband, what would Patrick be doing? Getting ready for bed as though nothing had happened? As though Charlotte had not fled across an ocean to escape him? Or, rather, to escape not Patrick, but his words. Raped you? A child conceived in hate? The hell with you. Leave me alone. The old moon was dying. Would Patrick notice it between the tall buildings of the city? The death of the moon. The death of a child. The death of a marriage. She said aloud, But I didn't kill him! And then, silently, clasping her arms about herself as though to contain her anguish, It wasn't anybody's fault. Not even mine. It was an accident. Mrs. Napier? She sat upright, rigid. Had her cry, her private, invaluable grief, been revealed? Mrs. Napier? The voice came again, and with it the young man, Antonio de Tievi, who had sat at the table with her at dinner in the Penso. She crouched there in silence and looked at him, his silhouette dark against the white walls of the convent. A cloud obscured the moon so that she could not see his features, only the shadow of his face between black hair and black jacket. Let me take you back to the Pensau, he said. It is much too cold for you to be sitting out here, and at this time of night it is not good for you to be out alone. At least he did not ask her why she was there. And this was such a relief to her that she did not think to ask him what he himself was doing up and on the convent plaza in the small hours of the morning. Not moving from the marble bench, she said, The pensa was too cold. I couldn't sleep. I will get you some more covers. No, there are plenty of covers. They're just heavy. He sat down beside her. I will stay with you then until you are ready to go back. No, please don't bother. I'm all right. You are in trouble. I'm all right, she repeated. When my mother-in-law gets back from Paris tomorrow and I can talk to her. But your mother-in-law didn't know you were coming. You didn't let anybody know. Because I didn't know, she thought. I hardly knew even when I was on the plane. I came rather unexpectedly, she said. He turned as though to try to make out her features in the darkness. His face came closer to hers, and then he was kissing her, roughly, passionately. 
She pulled away and stood up. Her voice cut icily through the cold of the night. Stop! But I thought you... She cut across the words she could not hear. Go! Now! Mrs. Napier, I am terribly sorry, he said. I only want to help. You're not helping. You're only proving Patrick was right. Please go, now. He bowed with precision, turned, and crossed the plaza. He moved with grace, despite the impediment of a slight limp. At dinner, he had told her that he had been hurt in a duel while he was a student at the University of Coimbra. One of the three oldest universities in Europe, did you know that? No, Charlotte didn't.